Welcome to episode 156 of Vegas Revealed. The countdown is on to Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. But before the big game, there's a Super Ball headed our way. We'll explain. Tourists from Hawaii may have to pay more for their Vegas fix. Find out why. Plus, we've talked about it before, but now it's official. U2 is set for a residency at the new MSG Sphere. We've got the new details. We visit one of the most unique bookstores in all of Las Vegas. And wine angels are flying out of Mandalay Bay. But don't worry, there's a new culinary residency coming in. Huh? Yeah, we're going to discuss this. So much to get to this week on Vegas Revealed. But first, have you downloaded the Vegas Near Me app yet? That is the big question. It is a must-have if you live in Las Vegas or you plan to visit here. And it's now available in both the Apple App Store and on Google Play. If you have a hard time finding your way around our resorts, don't worry. You can find maps of the property within the app. Also, find out how much they're charging for parking so you can plan ahead. Even book an Uber right within the app. Think of Vegas Near Me as a concierge in your pocket. When you open the app, you're going to find more than 16,000 Las Vegas businesses and activities. There are tons of detailed videos, blogs, and information right inside the app. And it's accurate and up-to-date. That's the best part. Use our Vegas Revealed link that we provide in our show notes and download it to your phone now for free. Instead of reviews, Vegas Near Me has compiled thousands of Las Vegas-related YouTube channels and podcasts like Vegas Revealed so you can hear about and see real-life experiences at the places you're searching. You watch and listen all inside the app. If it's fun to do or see, it's on Vegas Near Me. Let's get to it now and spin that wheel. Welcome to Vegas Revealed, episode 156. Sean McAllister here, along with Dana Roselli. And, you know, we've talked, Dana, about how uh, it's getting more expensive for people to have Las Vegas vacations, more expensive hotel rooms, more expensive meals. But for a certain population of visitors from Hawaii, it's about to be more expensive, possibly, for a whole other reason. Yeah, it's an interesting topic because I don't know, I feel like this kind of came out of nowhere. Do you feel that way? Yeah. (laughs) And we're talking about this new bill that was introduced. Now let's just go back here. A bill was introduced and then it changed. So the first bill that was introduced, it was introduced by state Senator Stanley Chang. And we're saying introduced in Hawaii. Okay. It would have originally banned all advertising of gambling related tours to Las Vegas. That's what they wanted to do. Then apparently that got turned down, and now they have imposed a 30, they're pitching to impose a 30% excise tax on gambling travel from Hawaii. And this is a big thing. There are a lot of Hawaiians who have, who come to Las Vegas for vacations, Mm -hmm. even, I mean, the, the California Hotel downtown is one of the hot spots where our Hawaiian tourists stay. And in large part, it's because they have these kind of junkets, these Mm. travel packages that you can buy 
to come here to Las Vegas, and gambling is a big part of that package. Right. And we, yeah, you're right. When we get, I think you and I did the numbers one time, and I remember we were astonished at how many people visit Las Vegas from Hawaii every year. Yeah, it's a ton. A ton. So apparently, Hawaii is a non-gambling state, but this senator is saying, doesn't mean that we don't have a problem with gambling addiction. That's his quote. He says, Hawaii is a non-gambling state, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a problem with gambling addiction. So what he's saying is we need to stop promoting trips to Las Vegas to gamble. And he's saying that a lot of people who come here to Las Vegas have a gambling problem. Right. But there's no resources in place to help them out. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, I thought we kind of had this like shared love back and forth. So I, I guess thought so too. this was a surprise to me, but I mean, I guess when he's pointing out the gambling side of things, I guess in his world, he's making a point that we shouldn't be promoting gambling in Hawaii and saying, go travel Vegas and have advertisements all over. I mean, I guess that's what he's saying, but the packages will be taxed. So you and I were saying, well, like if you go book your own trip to Vegas on Expedia or whatever, that's different. Right. Like you're free to do whatever, do whatever you, want. you want, but it's these companies that are based in Hawaii that are going to really take the hit. Yeah. I'm like travel agency type. Exactly. Places. Which, yeah, that's going to be hard because how do you say come with us? I mean, I guess it's like really if you, it's someone you've used over and over and you're happy with or... I don't know, they have to cut some things or really find you a deal to make up for the 30% tax. I mean, it hasn't gone through yet, but... Yeah, this is still all uh, proposed. Nothing has been voted on. But I certainly hope that there's not anything that that essentially penalizes uh, our Hawaiian tourists from coming here and enjoying themselves. I know. I mean, I feel like everyone finds a way around something, right? I mean, we like like even Las Vegas doesn't obviously approve of gambling addiction. We have a lot of signs up. There's pamphlets on the side of every ATM on the casino floor Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's that slogan, when the fun stops. (laughs) And then they list all the resources that are available. But I guess this lawmaker in Hawaii is saying that there aren't resources available in Hawaii for people. Mm -hmm. And He's proposing this tax in order to raise funds to make that available to people who feel as though they need it. Yeah. And wasn't there a time where they talked about um, building a casino there on a certain piece of land that was sacred or something? Yeah, I feel like there was talk about uh, a casino there. Got turned down. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's what's going on in Hawaii. Um, aloha, and then moving now <laughs> back to Las Vegas. We got a lot going on here. We just finished up. Well, we didn't just finish up. You know, the country finished up. America finished up its Super Bowl that happened in Arizona, close by. Yep. But you and I were at a Super Bowl party, and we looked at each other and went, it's so crazy that, like, we're getting the Super Bowl next already. Yeah. It's already, like, a year away. I mean, it's going to be nuts. The countdown is on. You know, to Super Bowl 58 here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. And aside from the game, I mean, there's always, you know, concerts and fan events that surround uh, the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Las Vegas is just going to go 
crazy. It is going to be insane here for Super Bowl weekend. It really is. And you and I were chatting with our friend, I think it was Craig, that was telling us, you know, and he puts on a lot of different big uh, music festivals around town and covers a lot of events, um, works with a lot of events all across the country and was saying he was in Arizona for a brief time and like it just the city was like he'd never seen it Yeah. Um, with the Super Bowl there. And he was saying, it's going to be... And I was like, oh, well, we're used to big events. It'll be... And he was like, no, this is going to be like Next times level. 10. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Because I just figured, you know, we put on big events all the time. I know it's going to be huge, but we'll just do it right. And he's like, no, I think it's going to be something that we have never seen. And I'm like, well, it'll be after F1, so we'll have good experience. True. You know, with a huge event like that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the world kind of keeps eyes on the Super Bowl, but mostly the country. F1 is going to be the world. It is. So it's we'll have a to global event. get through that first. <laughs> and our uh, Las Vegas Super Bowl host committee was down there in Phoenix kind of surveying all of the all of the events and logistically how everything uh, was put on. There were representatives of Las Vegas law enforcement Mm -hmm. down there to, you know, work and kind of shadow um, the police there in Phoenix and the FBI who come in to to help out um, with such a large-scale event. So Vegas is going to be ready. And then the day after Super Bowl, there was kind of a transition news conference that was held to officially pass the torch to our Las Vegas Super Bowl host committee. And um, there's a kind of a, a big monument that's going to be showing up around town. Yeah, the Super Bowl, it's called. <laughs> and guess what? They sent us a fact sheet. So I just opened it. it took me a minute. The Super Bowl, yeah, it's going to be making its way, right, from Arizona to Las Vegas yep. on this truck. <laughs> it's got the Vegas, you know... Logo. logo on it and everything like that. So that's kind of fun. All right, here's some facts, Sean. You haven't seen this. Okay. The Super Ball that is going to be there. It's gonna, by the way, it has its own hashtag. Hashtag oh. Vegas Super Ball. Okay. Uh, the Super Ball is 13 feet long and by 8 feet in diameter. Once it's on the base, the total height is 9 feet. Wow. Its inner is made from carved blocks of beadboard foam. Okay. <laughs> The foam blocks were sculpted using five access router machines, and the additional details were sculpted by hand, apparently. Mm, exactly how I would have assumed it, it would be made. Yeah. Then it goes into the ball itself weighs close to 1,200 pounds, and the base stand is an additional 400 pounds. So essentially, this is a giant football <laughs> that's mounted on the back of a really fancy flatbed truck. Yes. And once the hard coat was dry, the texture of the pigskin was painted by hand. Oh. And um, it took approximately 30 crew members to fabricate the ball. So there's your fact sheet. This ball is one of a kind. So now the, this super ball is being driven from Phoenix, as Dana mentioned, to Las Vegas. And over the course of the next year... It's going to be making appearances at different events to promote the fact that we've got Super Bowl next year. I'm excited. I want a picture with the Super Bowl. Coming up on our tips, you'll want to stick around because we have a way that you can participate as a volunteer 
There is a way, and you'll want to get signed up soon, so stick around for our tips. And kind of something that happened in conjunction with uh, this year's Super Bowl is that you 2 made it official their Vegas residency is happening. We've talked about this, that U2 was, that they were going to be performing at the MSG Sphere. It's like rumored but never denied. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So they uh, put on a Super Bowl commercial, and you could tell by the end and when the words came up that they are going to be performing at the MSG Sphere. So uh, the Sphere's opening this fall before F1. I think this show even... I don't know if it's going to be in November. I thought somebody mentioned in October. I think it's supposed to open in October. But U2 is doing, what, three shows at least locked in? And I don't think they've been actually on tour uh, for four years, according to the press release. So it's a big thing for U2 to get out there and be out there and do this. But they said the sphere is the perfect place for them to be able to show and tell this story of music. Yeah, and uh, it's funny, the the ad that they put out the the video to announce these shows it was i was laughing to myself because it was very reminiscent of uh that big chinese spy balloon Mm -hmm. that was shot down and you almost wonder was it meant to be or was the timing like were we i was thinking that i was like man did they (laughs) do that after these floating objects were you know spotted and shot down over north america i think it was probably planned ahead of time because it is the, it looks like the sphere, it looks like the MSG sphere is floating all over the world. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. So, so maybe we shot down the wrong thing. Maybe it was just a YouTube promotion the whole time. Publicity stunt (laughs) for YouTube being in Vegas. Maybe it's an interesting ad for sure. And it looks like when, you know, when you think about the MSG sphere and what it's going to be able to do and show and how it's going to be done, you and I were both saying it's very like, I don't even want to compare it to Epcot center because I'm sure it's like times 1000 with the (laughs) technology and stuff, but very reminiscent of back in the day, the glimpse of technology that we, that was a big deal to us was going to something like Epcot Center and sitting in that globe and watching that whole, what was it, the Michael Jackson experience and I forgot what it was called. Uh, Michael, space, oh, well, Michael, the, the ball is Spaceship Earth. Right, but what the, was inside? Uh, Captain EO. Oh, Captain was EO. The Michael Jackson movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's like way, way far, but I'm just saying, like back when we were young, that was like a big deal, right? Right. So we knew it was going to be something absolutely spectacular. This looks great. Um, and it's going to probably blow our mind. But yeah, I love that you two said, you know what? This is the perfect spot. Um, we're ready and nobody can tell the story. No venue. And actually, I'm going to quote them. The sphere is more than just a venue. It's a gallery. And you two's music is going to be all over the walls. And that comes mm. from a statement that came from Bono, The Edge, and Adam. Who's Adam? I don't know. I'd have to go back. They put out a statement saying this is the perfect spot. So we're excited to see what they do with it. Uh, Adam Clayton. He's okay. one of the band members. Oh, perfect. Got it. Um, so U2 is going to be performing their 1991 album, Etch Tongue Baby, um, which has a lot of their hits on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the music that we're going to be hearing during these Las Vegas shows. And according to one of the renderings that was put out, it looks like that baby's face is going to be... <laughs> kind of projected on the outside of the sphere because 
you know, that yeah. sphere is made up of a, a whole bunch of video panels. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know about having a giant baby's face <laughs> up there. It's like uh, Ellie McBeal, the dancing baby. <laughs> uh, yes, it's kind of like that. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I keep going in the past. I know, Everyone's like this Roselli stuff. She's old. <laughs> she's talking Epcot Center, Captain EO, and Ellie McBeal. Get a life. <laughs> it's 2023, lady. <laughs> that dancing baby was popular for a while, though. <laughs> it really was. Um, anyway, so yeah, it looks like it's gonna be very interesting. We'll see. We might have to drive by and see the baby's face for a while, but um, that's life, and it's Vegas, and nothing is ever very normal, is it? But no, it's <laughs> unexpected, larger than life. And what else would you expect from Las Vegas? Um, here's something else that you and I questioned or went, huh, <laughs> about. Um, well, first of all, let's just tell you what's going on over at Mandalay Bay. A very popular restaurant is going to be closing. It's been there for a long time. Yeah, I mean, from as long as I can remember, it's called Oriole by uh, Chef Charlie Palmer, mm-hmm. a longtime uh, staple here in Las Vegas. And the centerpiece of Oriole is this massive glass wine tower that requires the use of what are called wine angels to go and retrieve bottles. Mm-hmm. So basically it's these servers who are strapped into a harness and they're they're on like this pulley system to take them up to the level of whichever bottle of wine they're going to serve. And it it really is a spectacle. Well, and I remember when I first moved here, how everyone talked about that. It was like everyone wanted to go there and they're like, well, saving up their money for their big night out dinner, yeah. you know, because they knew it was like, you know, expensive, but nice, but the meal was good, but they wanted the wine angel experience. It was huge. I used to go over and just watch the wine angels going up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been around for a while. I don't know exactly how many years, but I think since you and I got here. I mean, I I don't remember it not being here, so yeah. it's got to be close to 20 years. Yeah, because you got here, what, 2005? Five. Five, okay. Me four, so 2004. So yeah. Um, oh, and see, now I stare at the article and it's right in my face. 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> So it has been close to 20 years. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so we were right. See, it was like, bump it on, results <laughs> revealed. Um, I like when we quiz ourselves and then we're right. Okay, well, anyway, it is closing. And so sad to see that go. But two brothers are coming in to take over. And they're calling it a culinary residency for a year. And you and I went, wait, we have culinary residencies? What is this? Is this a new thing? Yeah. So I'm not sure. And the brothers, I, I'm not a big food channel watcher, a top chef watcher, but um, I know you were familiar with who they are, and I know that they're very famous in that world, so excuse me for not knowing who they are. Yeah, the Voltaggio brothers, they're, um, you know, people got to know them on early seasons of Top Chef, Mm -hmm. uh, on when it used to be on the, uh, maybe it still is on the Bravo Network, I haven't watched recent seasons, Um, but the Voltaggio brothers, they rose to fame on that show mm-hmm. and then have had really astronomical culinary careers ever since then. And they have done a lot of kind of pop-up uh, 
restaurant experiences here in Las Vegas mm-hmm. over the years as well. So they're no stranger to the strip. Okay. Yeah. And it looks like, yeah, it's like Charlie Palmer's just like passing the torch. Um, so yeah, it looks like they've spent many years with the Charlie Palmer collective, like you just said. Yeah. And they are debuting this spot. It's called Retro by Voltaggio. I like that. Like I mentioned, they're calling it a one-year culinary residency. Hmm. And it's going to happen this spring over at Mandalay Bay. And it's going to occupy that space, which is going to close. And we'll have to see what they turn it into. If they put their own twist on it, if it's just going to be their kind of menu, what changes, or if they're just going to kind of move into that spot and keep it the same. I don't know. I think it's a really interesting concept, this culinary residency idea, though, because it does keep, uh, it keeps the restaurant fresh and evolving, and Mm -hmm. it's a new reason for people to go back there. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And you wonder, like, do they try it out, and then if it works, they just stay on? Is it more like a, you know, hey, let's see how this goes? It's a good idea instead of, like, you know, gutting the whole place and doing all that. Um, I went into the article a little further, and I noticed it's got the name Retro. So apparently, according to the Review Journal... Um, also revealed is the inspiration for retro. And it's going to take you back to the 80s and 90s. And they say the 80s and 90s saw unforgettable moments in music, fashion, movies, TV shows, food, and countless trends that swept the nation. Like the dancing baby. Yes, like the dancing baby. See? Everyone else wants to go back to the (laughs) 80s and 90s. Um, You know, it obviously swept the nation, and retro is going to celebrate that nostalgia in every element of the experience while putting their own spin on the beloved dishes from that era. So this sounds interesting. It does. I'm liking this a lot. I like it too. (laughs) See, I like to go back. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like we were saying in our last podcast, everyone's coming back. Duran Duran's coming and Depeche Mode and, you know, people from Boy George is right now at the win. And it's like it, People are visiting the past. Everything old is new again. That's right. Sometimes when the new again stuff is kind of not really taking off as much as maybe it should, or people aren't loving it as much, we just bring back the past. And we're like, you know what? If it worked and people are willing to do it and participate and come back, then why not? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see a retro by Voltaggio. (laughs) uh... Culinary residency. So I can't wait for that. Anyway, I uh, wonder if we'll see more culinary residencies too. So I we'll have so. to keep our eye out for that. Yeah. Hey, um, you and I wanted to talk movies for a minute. We've been wanting to talk about this actually for several months, but we never have time. And it's a perfect time to talk about it because not only did we go to Magic Mike and see Magic Mike, um, the screening, which was an event very different than just a regular walk up and buy your ticket experience. Right. You also went to see Titanic when they released it over the weekend because it's the what? 20... The 25th 5th? anniversary. 25th anniversary. And so it's been remastered and re-released in 3D. How was it? It was, I mean, listen, I have always loved Titanic. Mm-hmm. I Me think too. I've seen it probably a hundred times mm-hmm. and any chance that I, I get to sit down and watch it, I still do. And it was great. I thought it was really, it was cool, especially the underwater scenes mm-hmm. where it actually takes you to the wreckage. That was really cool to see in Ooh. 3d. And like, you know, there's a few times when 
like eels are swimming around in the mm-hmm. wreckage and it, it felt like you were down there. That's cool. It really was. So is it in and out? Like it's gone now? Uh, no, I think it's doing a, a it's going to be in theaters for, you know, an actual okay, good. extended release period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good. I highly recommend it. Okay. But it's not necessarily movies that we've been wanting to talk about. It's the whole movie-going experience. Yeah. And I don't know, judging uh, based off of the past experiences that I've had recently, it has just deteriorated. People have gotten so rude, like coming in late, disrupting people in the, in the row. I've on two separate occasions, people have come in late, sat down next to us and proceeded to ask us what they missed. And I'm like, you know what? Screw off. Like you're the one who was late. It's not my responsibility to catch you up on Mm -hmm. what's been going on. (laughs) Show up on time and take this in for yourself. Yeah. I remember we've been talking about this for months and months and months, and there was another time that you went to another movie, and I think you said it was a little messy too, wasn't it? A lot of trash on the ground or yes. something like that. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. And not a lot of theater staff, right. which I know you know there is a worker shortage in mm-hmm. just about every industry that, right. that you look at. Well, that's the thing. So we wait to talk about things when it starts to add up. So basically, you had that experience once, twice, and then I went um, a couple times to the movies, and I had a similar experience. Then I had another one. We're like, okay, so it's not just a one-off. There is definitely an issue. It's a trend. There's an issue with the movie theater experience now. Um, I went to one recently in Summerlin and the line for popcorn and a drink was six deep. Um, but we had to wait a half hour. What? Yeah. And it's like, you really, you go in and and we went a half hour, like, well, I'd say about 20 minutes before the movie starts, which is some enough time you'd think to get your drink and soda. Um, but we started talking, got in line and then we were there for, I think in line for 30, had to wait five minutes for everything. We were so frustrated and I thought, gosh, I mean, this is just ruining my experience, but I love my soda and my popcorn during the movie. So I thought I left enough time. What was frustrating to us is that there was one worker behind the counter and I kind of felt like when we got up there, uh, my friend was like, what is the issue? And she's like, "Um, everyone called in sick today and I'm the only one here. I think it was a holiday too. I want to say it was a Monday holiday maybe like maybe it was like situation. mlk day or yeah. something anyway um and we thought i feel like you need to kind of announce that like mm-hmm. hey everyone it's just me today be patient if you want your food and drink um it's going to take a little bit if not like go sit down and come back during the movie something i don't know it just felt like what is the situation it was frustrating Another time I went to a different movie theater, more in the central uh, part of town, and it just was dirty. It just trash everywhere. The bathrooms were dirty. It was hard to find like where you get this or where you pay for that. It just was complicated. Um, and I know you and I actually went to the Top Gun Maverick preview too. Yes. And that day was too. That was a, there were a lot of people there, and it just was not clean. No, and you know what? I mean, there... <laughs> It is a a big 
customer service experience. When you go to the movies, you want to have a good movie theater experience. And especially now in a time when when movies are going straight to streaming services, you know, I've been so off put by a lot of my recent experience that I would rather just wait for movies to come out and watch it at home. So I'm not interrupted. I'm, you know, in a, in the comfort of, you know, our Mm -hmm. (laughs) reclining Mm -hmm. sofa and. (laughs) No, I know. And I think that's the thing. It's like, this is a time for movie theaters to kind of up their game. Step it up. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, you know, I worry this is going to ruin the movies for everyone. And it's people aren't going to continue to go. You and I have both said when we've gone to these movies, besides probably Top Gun, because it was a preview and people bought tickets for a long time. Right. I had, that was pretty busy. There's been about, I don't know, 10 people in the movie theater when I've been there. Yeah. How about you? It, yeah. It's, I mean, definitely not packed Mm-mm. for sure. I went to see the Whitney Houston movie. And then before that, I went to see the Julia Roberts and George Clooney romantic comedy. So you know, pretty popular movies. I will say, though, this most recent time when we went to see uh, Titanic, uh, we went to the Galaxy Luxury Theater, Mm -hmm. and I was pleasantly surprised um, by that experience. There there was plenty of staff. There was a theater attendant that came in uh, partway through the movie to just check on things. Um, You know, it, it was... Overall, it, it renewed my my faith Good. in the movie-going process. Jack and Rose did not disappoint. They did not. I would have <laughs> been so sad if Titanic was ruined by some by a nasty experience. But right. I'm curious, you know, for any of you listening, if you're in other parts of the country or even other parts of Las Vegas, you know, send us messages on um, yeah. on social media, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, let us know what, what the you know, movie theater experience has been like where you yeah. are. And if you've had a good one, let us know. And then we can try and, you know, head that head the, that way. Because good service, I, I think it's important to call out good service as much as it is to call out poor service. I agree. Definitely, definitely. And I try and do that on Twitter when something real goes really, really well to say, hey, shout out to so-and-so. Because I think you're right. That is important. Um, side note, Titanic. I saw a segment that they did with Steven Spielberg where they tested if Jack would have also gotten on the little piece of raft or uh, uh, wood. It was a, a door. Door. Yeah. If, if Jack would have also got on the door, would he have survived? They had, they, like, Steven Spielberg participated as they did, like, this whole recreation to see. Because there, p- apparently people for years and years and years have talked about this. Right. Like, why did, didn't Jack stay on the door? And you know he well, could have lived too. People have done their own their own tests, right, to try and prove that Jack could have. I, I believe this is all part of um, a special on Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm, it could have been uh, where James Cameron kind of goes back. I started watching it, um, and he recreated kind of and revisited oh. the theories about the sinking of the ship. And said, yeah, we got this right. This part maybe wasn't so accurate. Right. So it wasn't Steven Spielberg. It was James Cameron. James Cameron. Okay. Well, so like, I'm not even going to go back and correct that. I, hopefully everyone, yeah. They're both great. 
They are. They remind me of each other. Some of the best movies out there. So whoops, (laughs) it wasn't Steven Spielberg. It was James Cameron. Okay, James Cameron went through this process. Um, And here's the deal. I have the result. Aren't you dying to know? I am. (laughs) Or living to know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The result was possibly. (laughs) Okay. They said there's a chance he could have. There's a chance he could not have. So it well, wasn't there, clear cut. There's a chance he could have taken Rose down with him. Yeah. So <laughs> Thank goodness he didn't. No result. They were like, possibly. <laughs> anyway. Okay. That's our soapbox on the movie theaters. Um, let's do some tips. Okay. All right. My tip this week has to do with a project that we were working on. We were doing a shoot and we... Wanted to get warm, so we dipped inside a bookstore that has been on the corner of 6th and Bonneville in that area for a long time, but I've actually never walked inside, and you said, I haven't either. Right. So we're like, well, let's go check it out. And oh my gosh, cutest bookstore ever. It really is. I mean, it's like walking into a a literary wonderland. It is, right? I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like, you know, we don't walk into stores like that anymore. It's called the Writer's Block. Uh, People know about it that love books and are, you know, even frequent downtown a lot. Um, I had just never walked inside. I had heard about it. But all different sections with different categories, everything from nonfiction to fiction to cooking to you name it. Um, Cute decor, Things hanging from the ceiling. Just, I don't even know. There were like cardinals hanging. There was a real live bunny rabbit in a cage. There, and it was so cute. It was so cute, right? And just really pretty. Each section kind of had its own theme. You could just get lost in there, sit in a corner, read a book, and go through the books for hours. They sell new books. Yep. Um, we saw Spare. Oh, yeah. Harry's, Harry's yeah. We saw Harry's it. book, his not, memoir. Yeah, we saw his memoir over there. We wa- we kept walking. Um, <laughs> we didn't buy it. <laughs> but you know what? Um, tons of, so what I'm basically getting at is, is it's, it's current books. Yeah, you know, and current- I was blown away at, at kind of how big it was inside. Like it kept going. Yes. We thought it was like a teeny little bookstore. No, it kept winding and curving and yeah, it was great. Um, they also have a little coffee shop with some food items and smoothies too. I had a violet honey latte. It was delicious or violet or was it lavender honey? Uh, lavender. Sorry, lavender. I can't get anything right today. <laughs> you guys, I woke up very early. I did a morning show today. <laughs> I, first of all, I had a Super Bowl party. Then I had to wake up very early. I had to do my hair and makeup and go shoot a show. So that's my excuse. Okay. It wasn't a violent honey. It was a lavender honey latte. And similar. It, was, it was delicious. It was And, and I had a, a just a vanilla latte Mm -hmm. and it was so good right it was one of the best lattes i've ever had i feel the same we were both like wow this was like uh, just like happiness in our mouth yeah so i want to try you know they had like um bagels and toast and things like Mm -hmm. that they're very limited food but the smoothies look good too but what a gem i just want to give a shout out and a tip that if you are in vegas and you want to go visit a cool bookstore have a coffee Check out the writer's block. It is a really neat vibe. And you mentioned the the cardinal that mm-hmm. was uh, hanging from the ceiling. Um, the writer's block actually uh, dubs itself 
partially as an artificial bird sanctuary. Okay, that's why then. So See? that so it all makes sense. Yeah, because I even saw a little owl in the corner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now it does make sense. See, it, it is a literary wonderland. <laughs> the things you learn. It's right next to the brand new Beverly Theater that'll officially be opening on March 3rd. We were down there doing a project for them. So that's when we, we popped inside. Um, check it out. The Writer's Block. Highly recommend it. Um, even just a visit. If you're not interested, they had cute journals too, like little gift ideas in there. Yeah. Journals, pens. Were, and the socks, a package of socks that looked like pancakes. Oh yeah, that was cute. It was really cute. Good gift ideas as well. So that's a, a good tip, Dana, the writer's block in downtown Las Vegas. Um, our other tip, which you mentioned uh, earlier in the show, uh, is about how people can become involved in Super Bowl 58 right here in Las Vegas. There, because of the sheer volume of events that are going to be put on surrounding the game, uh, they're looking for volunteers to help staff everything. Right. We mentioned we got a press release on all the activities. We did the the factoids about the Super Bowl earlier. Well, also on that release, it said, for more information on Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas and opportunities to participate, click here. So I did. And what it is, like is like you mentioned, it looks like you, you submit things about yourself and they are going to send you opportunities. We need volunteers for this, or maybe, you know, you'd be a perfect fit for that. Um, so it's a really cool sign up sheet. And, you know, it does ask you things like, are you multilingual? You know, which right. is important it is. Um, for something that they might be doing. And so, um, it talks about, you know, your name, your obviously how to, how to contact you. Um, if you're interested in the marketing emails that they want to send out, um, that kind of thing. So, um, and it says on one of the categories, how did you hear about the LVCVA volunteer program? So you can say Vegas revealed. Absolutely. We'd appreciate it. We're going to put the link in our show notes. The actual link, I was trying to see if it was like a website. It, the, it's a little bit long and confusing, so we figure, you know what? Let's just link it right up in our show notes. You can click it to find the sign-up for the volunteer opportunities. Yeah, and listen, if you have never been a part of uh, Super Bowl events, this is a really cool opportunity. So, you know, why not just sign up and get your name in the running? And and who knows? You could be part of Super Bowl 58 yeah. right here in Las Vegas. Again, go to the link down in our show notes to apply. Yeah, and it, get, it also asks you for your event shirt size. Ooh. So it sounds like you'll get a shirt. Oh, I like a it. A volunteer shirt, yeah. Because you and I have been saying, like, we aren't watching this thing at home. I don't care if I'm not working it. I don't care if I'm not invited as press. I don't. We have to find a way to be there. And so yes. if I have to volunteer, I will volunteer, because that would be really fun. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think a lot of people are going to sign up for this. So uh, we all put our names in before we gave you the link. <laughs> Dana, maybe we could apply to be Super Ball Ambassador. Since we know the stats now. That's true. We could could share the wealth of information with everyone who stops by for a picture with the Super Bowl. (laughs) I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities like that, right? (laughs) Guiding people in the right direction, telling people where to go, handing out things. And speaking of being a good guide and helping people navigate Las Vegas, remember the Vegas Near Me app is like a concierge in your pocket. You don't need to sign up to 
be a volunteer or anything. All you have to do is download the Vegas Near Me app from the Apple App Store or Google Play, and uh, it really is a wealth of Vegas information. You can book shows, restaurants, travel, all from right within the app, along with listening to, uh, you know, viewing blogs and vlogs and (laughs) YouTube videos Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and listening to podcasts like Vegas Revealed, all within the app. Exactly. So when you look up writer's block next time, you'll probably see the Vegas Revealed podcast underneath talking about the writer's block. That's how it works. I love love it. Yeah. It's great. You and I looked up primarily prime rib and we found a great review of a bunch of folks checking out the, or was it prime? No, it was um, the one at the El Cortez. We looked up that restaurant. Seagulls? No, something like that. It's not my day for names. (laughs) Whatever the restaurant inside the El Cortez is, we looked it up and we found a bunch of reviews in a way, YouTubes where they actually tried the food. And we're like, okay, it looks good. So that's the Whatever kind of the experience you can expect on Vegas near me. Now I feel guilty, like I got to look up the right name. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel guilty, Dana. It's okay. been a long day. It has been a long day. Anyway, all right. Um, I can't find it. Oh, Bugsy Seagulls. Bugsy Seagulls. You got it. (laughs) There you go. You got the name right. Let's end on that note. See you next week, everyone. 157 coming at you in seven days. I'll take a nap first. Driving through the night.